December 24th, 1914. Christmas Eve, a lot different for a lot of the people involved. Soldiers gathered on the Western Front, British and German soldiers. And it started out like any other day of warfare and combat. But as night dawned, suddenly from the German side, there came the sounds of Christmas carols. Probably a lot of the same songs that we're singing here tonight. And the British had to stop and say, what, what are they doing over there? And they realized they were singing tunes that they were familiar with, Christmas carols. And then as the Germans began to sing, the Brits, not to be outdone, began to sing carols in English. And they started to sing from their side. And then as the singing reached a cacophony, all of a sudden, the English from their side could hear a voice from the German side yelling something. And as they strained in to listen, they began to hear in a heavy German accent, somebody saying, come over here. Pass through the barbed wire, pass through no man's land, and come over here. Now the British, right to be suspicious, said, uh, how about we meet you halfway? And so, for the first time in several weeks, men who had been told that they would probably be home by Christmas, who had long since realized that that was not going to be a possibility, climbed out of trenches that were often three feet deep and three feet wide. And they marched across the barbed wire. They tread over no man's land and faced their enemy. This set off what became known as the Christmas Truce of 1914. Fighting in many places in the Western Front ceased for all of Christmas Eve and into Christmas Day. And even there were soccer matches that broke out amongst the two sides. As the two sides, for just a moment, put down their arms, stopped fighting one another. It's jarring to think that these men, just hours earlier, had been trying to kill one another. And that just a few hours later would resume that very same activity. One German reflecting on his time said eventually the English brought a soccer ball from their trenches and pretty soon a lively game ensued. How marvelously wonderful, yet how strange it was. The English officers felt the same way about it. Thus Christmas, the celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. This is an incredible story. Right, a glimpse of humanity in the brutality of warfare. And for us, it's a story that fills us with that sense of like, what's possible or what's nice? Right, like, oh, that's, that's so sweet or that's so good. That for this moment, there was a glimpse of something better than warfare and violence. But if we're honest, it's also a story that, you know, if people even suspect, they, they're suspicious of it, like the extent to which this happened. It seems like a, a myth a tale from a bygone age, or, or a story that doesn't really have that much impact on our lives today. And I want to invite you to consider over the brief moments that we have together tonight, is how often we treat the Christmas story this way. A nice sentimental tale, something that may or may not have happened long ago, but doesn't really have any impact on our life here today. And I want you to invite you to consider over these next few moments, that perhaps God is wanting to meet you in the power and in the wonder of the Christmas story in a new way. Perhaps this isn't just a story that happened, 
but it is a story that happens. The angel in the passage that Charlotte read for us said to the shepherds, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And I want to just invite you to consider three parts of that phrase, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. First, the story of Christmas. The story of Jesus claims not to be religious truths or timeless wisdom or nice advice, but it claims to be news. News is an account about something that happened. And many of us, when we think of news in our day, think of doom, gloom, the pain of life. It's no secret that bad news sells. Many news outlet, outlets from the New York Times to the Atlantic have explored the age-old media wisdom, if it bleeds, it leads. But when we think of news, what do we think of? We think of events. We think of an account of something that transpired, something that took place. Many of us today, when we think of news, we think of bias, of people's slants, power grabs, and motivations. Now, at this time of year, I don't know if you've read some of these articles or listened to some of these podcasts. There's always a lot of predictions about what next year holds. And in a world full of warfare in Palestine, warfare in Ukraine, uncertain economics, surging inequality between rich and poor, what climate change might or might not meet for our children, the news is rarely, if ever, good news. But Luke tells us that this story that we encountered here this evening is good news. The scriptures have a shorthand in the Greek for this phrase, good news, euangelion, or the word that we say in English, gospel. Luke tells us that the events of Christmas are about something happening, good news. So what is it that happened? Well, verse 11 tells us, to you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. The city of David, Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a real place that exists in our world right now. And it's a real place that's been all the more in the news this year. Amidst war between Hamas and Israel, Bethlehem, normally bustling at Christmas time with tourists and pilgrims, lies nearly dormant right now. And we pray as a people for a peaceful resolution, for leaders to emerge, for God to act. But 2,000 years ago, Bethlehem was the very center of the universe, but almost nobody knew it. The angel says that the child that is born in the manger is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. Salvation in the scriptures is God's work, lifting us up, creating new possibilities, forgiving us from our sins. We tend to make salvation about our circumstances. But as Jesus shows us, salvation is not just about our lived experience. It's about our very existence itself. The good news of Christmas is that the creator of the world takes on our very existence. He doesn't save us from afar, but he enters into our condition, our human nature, our fragility. The news of Christmas is about God and what he is doing about the state of the world and keeping his ancient promises. So the story of Christmas claims to be about something that happened. But it's not just something that happened. It's something that happens that is filled with, as Luke says, great joy. 
And this great joy is first God's, and then it is ours. Now, many of you, you may be sitting here tonight and thinking of this thing, maybe a special gift that you got for a loved one. Or you've had that experience before where you know you had a great gift, or maybe you had an engagement ring in your pocket, and you couldn't wait to give that gift to your beloved one. And this is the kind of joy that we glimpse at Christmas time. The first glimpse of joy that we see is God's very joy. God is a God of story, of seasons, of patient faithfulness. Could God have snapped his fingers and saved us all? I think so. He's God. But instead of instant solutions, instead of decrees from heaven, he does what he always does. He draws in close. He leans into relationship. You see, God will not be God for us, God with us, without us. Instead of saving us in a second, 2,000 years ago, he sends a child. He submits his life to vulnerability, to pain, to grief, to unmet expectations. God's great joy. And the story of the scriptures is about God stopping at nothing to be God with us. C.S. Lewis, in his The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, pictures the world in the icy clutches of evil forces as always winter, but never Christmas. But when Aslan starts to move, the ice begins to thaw. Father Christmas shows up. Something is happening that is loosening the grip of the oppressive, enslaving powers in that world. And the story that the gospel is telling, the good news, is nothing less than that. That because of the birth of this child, that that which enslaves us, that which is, oppresses us, that which we so easily give our lives over to that are less than God, are being disempowered, are being brought to their knees by the true creator of all the world. And Luke says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Look around. All the people, not some of the people. Not certain people who are always the first to be chosen. Not certain people who have a predilection towards believing certain things. God says that it will be great joy for all the people. Because, friends, the gospel is not just something that happened long ago. It's not a myth that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about our state in the universe. The gospel is something that happens. And one of the joys I have as a pastor is to watch God this God who showed up in a manger 2,000 years ago, still be present with us today, still show up in powerful ways, still change lives, still remove the shackles of addiction, remove the lies that we tell ourselves, and show up within the confines of our world in a way that is no different than the way that he shows up at Christmas time. The news is not just like the Christmas truce, a nice story about something that happened long ago, the camaraderie of humanity, the risk that we run tonight is not hearing the message as God intended for us to hear it. The message that he delivers to us is personally addressed. It has your name. It has my name on it. The same announcement that was given to the shepherds, to Mary, of a Savior is sounded to us. This is not just a story of history, a story of mythology, a story for others. This is a story of wonder and awe that greets us with the announcement. And I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. That to you, to us, a Savior is given. The baby that is wrapped in the vulnerability of the swaddling clothes 
of the manger will be wrapped during, we fast forward his life some 33 years in the swaddling clothes of the grave as he gives himself over to crucifixion, as he gives his very life for us, buried in a tomb. But the good news that breaks forth at Christmas, the good news of great joy, will not be stifled by our hatred towards God. It will not be stifled by death itself. God overcomes death by death. And he gives of his very life for us, going down, emptying himself completely. And the question for us tonight is simply this. Will you let this be your story? Will this be a nice sentimental tale of manger scenes and stuff that we sort of encounter once a year? Or is the God of the universe saying to you, draw near as I've drawn close to you? This isn't just about something that happened. It's about something that happens.